Hey, this is Sam from Brain Tools, and this is the shortcut version of our Brain Tools podcast, where you get just the Brain Tools, all four of them, uh, nothing else. It's short, practical, and sweet, and I hope you like it. And welcome to the Brain Tools section, where we're going to give you four Brain Tools for post-pandemic. Kieran, we always like to do a bit of context first, though. We always love a little bit of context. And I think a frame for these brain tools as we come out of lockdown and for those that may be currently out of lockdown but have struggled to do so, to give you some tools to obviously deal with that, it's really important to highlight that there's been a lack of stimulation socially, emotionally, intellectually, physically, and a change in that, especially when it comes to your environment. And so the tools that we want to give you here are to either introduce that novelty and stimulation into your internal and external environment to really leverage self-directed neuroplasticity. And so your brain can change given the quantity and the quality of your actions, the same way you go to the gym and you go do your reps and your weight. It obviously depends on the weight that you lift and then how often you lift them. And so as we come through, these are your tools of the trade. These are your weights mm, lift. Good reference, good analogy to think about your brain in the frame of a muscle and being able to work out and putting repetition. Because if you don't put in the work, you don't get stronger, you don't get more athletic, you don't get healthier, just as your brain doesn't change. I thought you were about to go Kanye West on me there. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. But would have been a good jump off point. Uh, I'll just uh, hang on. Just let me write that one down for next time. Kanye <laughs> West, stronger jump off point. Uh, getting into brain tool number one, go do some new and novel things. Because your brain needs novelty to grow new synaptic connections, the connections between the cells in your brain, the neurons, to thrive and to feel good. And we've been deprived of that during this pandemic. Coming out of lockdown, obviously we come into this post-pandemic period, what you can do is to chase some new experiences, pick up a new skill, visit new places, try a new sport, introduce purposely some novelty in for your brain. Why would you want to do that? Well, we know new and novel experiences help you regrow or grow new connections across your brain. It's called synaptogenesis. And this novelty stimulation has been shown to actually engage our brains increase uh, our baseline level of well-being and life satisfaction. It's called behavioral activation in, in the psychology or the cognitive science world and basically means just getting out and doing things. Uh, and why it works is because you create these enriching environments, basically, where you're going into the world and you're going and experiencing these new stimuli, these new things, and this leads to the growth of new brain cells uh, in the research um, in animal models and human models too, actually. And to elaborate on your point there, I think this we've talked about new skills before in lockdown being really, really important or doing new things, but actually because you're going into a new environment again as well, it's important to take advantage of that and mm. to seek, as you said, the novelty within what is going to seem like a new environment as well. So I think that is uh, also the point. Now, for you coming out of it, because even this is literally, you're going to apply this in your life right now, my Next friend. Next week. Um, yeah, how do you how do you go about? Yeah, this? really easy, and a lot of people probably already do this. But as restrictions ease, as as the world opens up, I'm choosing one to three new things to do that I know are going to be novel. So for me, I'm committed to learning salsa dancing. I'm committed to exploring some new places around my home state in Victoria, and uh, committed to surfing. So these three things are complete novel experiences for me, and you'll notice they're all physical, and they're, they're going to challenge me to do things that force my brain to adapt to the novelty of the situation, create these enriching environments, which will help my brain to replenish and regrow the, the connections. So that's brain tool number one. 
go do some new and novel things purposely post-pandemic. I cannot wait to see this salsa Ooh, dancing, my friend. I know you have hips don't lie and Shakira, you're going to give it a Shakira, real good crack. Baby. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's <laughs> going, to be, going to be good things. Very excited for it. And uh, and bean lining into that is brain tool number two. So, again, seeking novelty, super, super important as highlighted yep. for you, mate. Brain tool number two is aim for the small nice. wins. Now, this is actually coined this famous phrase of small wins, everyone says it these days, by Carl Weick. He was actually an organizational theorist at the University of Michigan and Cornell University. And he actually has a very his seminal paper, Small Wins, Redefining the Scale of Social Problems. Um, he basically has a quote in there that I think is really salient for this, which is people often define social problems in ways that overwhelm their ability to do anything about them. So again, if you're sitting there being like, hey, I need to actually do this massive, massive thing. I need to do massive, massive changes. It can overwhelm you from and stop you from actually doing it in the first place. Again, people trying to solve big problems with big actions. It's actually better probably to solve big problems with many small actions. Always remember that frequency and reps are your friend. It doesn't have to be the one big thing. It can be a hundred medium and small things that add up to that big thing. Um, and so, as mentioned, lockdown and COVID is that big thing, and thus big actions feel like they're required. Focus on your locus of control, achieve small wins through the small actions. And that, as you know, mate, leverages the dopaminergic systems, the molecule of more to build that momentum. One win, two wins, three wins. It's great to come back and say, hey, I've done 10, 20 things because that obviously pushes you and propels you forward. Mm, totally agree. And I think it's such an important frame with people I know and people around the world trying to go reach and travel for 10 years and do all these crazy things when the reality is, like you said, that it could actually lead to more overwhelm and you'd be better off building some momentum with some of those small wins. How does how does this look like in practice? You got a bit of a, a explanation there? Yeah, so I think if you're currently in lockdown again, because again, we're always looking at Europe and the US and stuff and saying everything's open. Most of the world still actually isn't. Mm. There's still a lot of restrictions in place. So I think it's important to focus on the small actions or the things that are in your control, as I said. So as opposed to renovating your whole house, clean your room. Instead of writing a whole novel, write 100 words. Instead of a big Zoom catch up with every single person, it's a 15-minute call. And I think the really important part, irrespective of if you're locked down or coming out of it, is keep a list of the small things that you do and the wins, so to speak. And when you look back on those, you'll probably see a hundred different things that you achieved. And I actually started doing this, even though I'm not in lockdown, we're sort of like kind of restrictions in Singapore, mm. but it's been really amazing to look back through my week and be like, oh, wow, I actually completed a hundred things that is not just work-related. It was a bunch of things that I was actually doing in my life outside of it. And I think that can be really useful, especially for people coming back from long lockdown in a social situation. Instead of the the big pool of like, hey, I'm going to go to a massive party. I'm going to go to Revs and give it a good crack. Just for people, just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you go to like these massive, massive parties. Go and catch up with mates on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. As you said earlier in, um, in the previous component of what we said is be mindful that these skills might have waned, mm. right? The ability to ask questions, the ability to ask deep questions, to actively listen, to do all these things in person. Do the one to two small social catch-ups first, feel that small win, and then maybe go to 10, 20, 30 people. Yeah, absolutely. And be mindful that there's social burnout too. You can you can seriously overwhelm yourself, overstimulate getting into new environments when you're, you're out of practice. Really good frame for myself actually thinking about chasing small wins rather than going for the the big moonshot, the home run out the gate and using those to build momentum. I actually like the way you thought about framing that from like a week perspective because I think, you know, if you spend a week going through and, and doing all these little wins and you look back, you're going to feel so much more motivated for the, the following week as a result of all those things that you achieved. 
Mate, there you go. And that's brain tool number two. Aim for small wins. Really strong. And brain tool number three, your mum has said it. I'm saying it now. Your grandma has probably also said it at some stage and your dad too, is pick up a recurring social hobby. So we've been deprived of social interaction, starved from it, you know, connecting to each other via a video call rather than a handshake or a hug. The one thing you can do to rebuild up those neuronal pathways that snap the connections in your brain that allow you to socialize, to talk with people, is to pick up a weekly or a fortnightly or recurring regular social hobby that creates social contact and community and a space for you to connect with other people to practice connection. Yeah, a forum for you to practice Ooh, these fun. skills again. Not not that you're going to go in and be like, hey, I've got to practice my active <laughs> yeah. listening skills right now and do it to five people. Hey, we're but connecting again, right now, aren't service we? Area. Connecting? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear. No, you're not. But yeah, totally with you. Yeah. And so from a science perspective, recurring social activities builds up the, the social connection network, so to speak, in your brain, strengthening it. We also know from a couple of different research papers that people with larger social networks have more volume of connections in the prefrontal cortex, amygdala, and other brain regions associated with social processing. So you are actually building up, physically strengthening and building up those pathways in your brain and those regions in your brain. Uh, In particular, there was a study called the Structural and Functional Brain Networks that Support Human Social Networks in 2018 by MP Noonanab and uh, colleagues, which looked at this exact concept. Basically, these brain areas responsible for socializing, interacting people, with other people grow and they grow stronger with the more people you have in your social network. So to implement this, my friend over in Sweden, who I love dearly, Jenny, actually joined a running club coming out of uh, the the post-pandemic period, post-lockdown. So she runs with a whole bunch of people every week. For myself, I'm going to be joining a salsa slash dance club. That's right. The hips are not going to be lying. But for you listening, for you, Kieran, for, for anyone Finding a social hobby where you can connect and be with other people, uh, especially if it's physical, some form of physical activity, on a week-to-week basis is going to help you rebuild and strengthen those connection pathways in your brain and come back to to normal quicker. And so that's all a part of getting that recurring social hobby. Recurring social hobby. That's it. Beautiful. And then the last brain tool, as we spoke about, is brain tool number four, build your uncertainty muscle. Um, Tim Ferriss has got a good quote. I think that uh, hits the nail on the head here. Um, He said, people will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. Mm. And I think that's become very clear over the past 18 months that the uncertainty part is so large. And so this is for people that are probably going to come out of lockdown and be like, hold on, we're going to go back into it eventually. There's the ambiguity of like, might we, won't we, so on, yeah. that this almost like a cloud that dampens your experience when you're meant to be you know, enjoying your freedom, so to speak. And there's a study that was actually done by the British Journal of Health Psychology in 2009 by Shin Taha at etc. Um, it was the H1N1 pandemic in 2009, which again, I completely forgot about, I won't lie. But the conclusion genuinely from this was people who struggled to accept uncertainty were more likely to experience elevated anxiety. And you see this across the board, no matter what forum, work, mm-hmm. personal life, relationship, everything. And I think that becomes a really important thing to remember that uncertainty is still going to be around for a little bit, yep. again, of seeing other people. The question becomes like, you know, how do you actually go about dealing with that? Absolutely. And even the uncertainty of will I or won't I catch COVID vaccinated or unvaccinated? I think that's all that's going to exist for at least the next couple of years. So learning to deal with that is really, really important this post-pandemic period. Exactly. And that's why practicing uncertainty little but often 
is really key to enabling you to get used to or build that uncertainty muscle. And it's akin to exposure theory. Again, if you looked at our well-being episode, that was episode two, right back in the archives, feel free to go check it out. We talked a lot about exposure uh, uh, theory and therapy, which is exposing yourself to a stimulus you know, as often or in the right way that then allows you to deal with and create an effective response. And so the easy way to go about building this for those that are thinking about it is, again, small wins start really small, okay? And mm. it can be really, really little things and especially the the reflex actions that you normally do. So an example of this, a couple I've got for you, instead of texting your friend immediately when a WhatsApp thing comes up, don't text your friend immediately. Wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. And then maybe answer them five, 10 minutes later. You know, don't check your news feed every day. Look at it at 6 or 7 p.m. Don't check your emails before you go to bed. Look at it in the morning. You know, do this two to three times a week. And in the long term, you're actually building your uncertainty tolerance muscle. And that becomes key, especially when these more macro, heavier things that, you know, have a lot of emotional weight of fear and, as we said, ambiguity um, that will help you in the long term. Mm. So I really like that idea of conditioning yourself to uncertainty with small exposures and kind of practicing being okay with it because I think it's not something we do uh, in school in particular, but also it's not something people think about consciously. So it's it's almost uh, similar to something I heard Andrew Huberman say the other day where he practices uh, activating his no-go circuits or quietening behavior. So his desire to mm. check his phone, his desire to, to get up and go to the bathroom when he's working, he actively practices suppressing these urges in order to build this muscle same thing here but with uncertainty yeah it's practice it's basically doing opposite day yeah. on one or two yeah. things doing the opposite and then practicing that across time and that is build brain tool number four build your uncertainty muscle. beautiful very nice brain tool shall we quickly go through uh recap the brain tools one to four Let's go to the chat. Right, let's do it. Brain tool number one is go do some new and novel things. Your brain was craving novelty. It helps grow new brain cells and connections. So post, post lockdown period, go try to do some novel things. Put them in your calendar. Experience something new. Beautiful. And that's brain tool number two then into aim for small wins, all started by Carl Vike. And he basically talks about focus on the micro to then impact the macro. Start with really small things and actually in small actions, really list them on a weekly basis and it allows you to look back and say, hey, I've achieved 100 things when you might have thought you'd only achieved one or two things, especially outside of work. And that is brain tool number two, aim for small wins. Brain tool number three is go pick up a recurring social hobby. Go do something that forces you to interact with other people on a regular basis because doing this is going to re-strengthen those parts of your brain responsible for socializing and help you get back to normal conversations and, and where you were at before the pandemic. And that's brain tool number three. And the final one, brain tool number four, which is build your uncertainty muscle. Keep in mind that a lot of people will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. The way to go about this is to actually expose yourself to uncertainty on a small level. That could be anything from not texting your friend immediately to not looking at newsfeed. Doing the opposite of what you normally do sporadically across the week can really help build this uncertainty muscle, which is our core analogy for neuroplasticity. Oh, strong. Strong couple of brain tools. I will actually be using them this week. So- very excited. Comeback report on how they go. 80-20 for this week is. What have you got? Yeah, my 80-20 is, I think coming out of the lockdown is like, you know, eating junk food, a lot of junk food after one year of eating clean. Mm. If you do too much in one go, it makes you sick. Yeah. 
And I think that's the key thing here is ease yourself back into things. Don't rush it just because you might feel other people are doing all these grandiose things. Allow your brain to rewire to the post-pandemic world and you'll be much better for it, particularly your well-being. Very nice. My 80-20 is an 80-20 of an 80-20. So about as meta as it gets. (laughs) My 80-20 is do new things and do social things. Those are the two things that will get your brain back to where it was as quick as possible and help it grow again. And beautiful. And that wraps it up for episode 37 on coming back from lockdown. Lovely. And uh, that wraps us up this week. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, motivation. Um, Ooh, spicy. Uh, some spicy motivation tips, how to get motivated again. Perfect timing, post-pandemic, go start a business. But if you are liking the show, if you enjoy this episode, one thing you could do that would mean a lot to us would be go show some love on iTunes, leave us a review or a comment, or go follow us on social media. Uh, we've got Braintools Pod on Instagram, on LinkedIn, um, or Kieran and I, you can go follow us. We're, we're on all the platforms too. Perfect. Well, we'll see you next week.